Last year, Yosin Ann was seen strapped to the seat in a cockpit next to Jared Butler as they tried to prevent a passenger jet crashing into a Philippine island overrun by murderous rebels. That was, of course, on the big screen. In the action thriller Plane, Kiwi audiences may know him as Jackson in the locally made comedy Creamery or Suk Yong-sheng in the 19th century gold rush mystery The Luminaries. The Chinese-born Kiwi actor has a new show out today on Prime Video. It's called Five Blind Dates, in which he plays love interest Richard. Yosin's no stranger to playing a heartthrob. He had audiences swooning over his role of Chen Honghui in Disney's blockbuster Mulan. Usually based in Los Angeles, he's back home in Tamaki Makoro and is with us in the Auckland studio. Kia ora, Yosin. Thanks very much for coming in today. Kia ora, Catherine. How are you? Really good, thanks. Let's do a tour back over your <laughs> career. Uh, I might start at the beginning, if you don't mind. Um, sure. And, and the, the first sort of emergence of interest in acting um, is quite a young guy. Introduce us to, to life then. <laughs> you know, it was, it was really never a dream of mine to be an actor, to be honest with you. Um, but I think what planted the seed for me was when I did some musicals back in high school, um, but moving into university in the first and second year studying uni- uh, economics and finance, I was like, what am I doing? I don't like what I'm studying. I don't enjoy this. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try out just being in a student film and just have some fun, just like get some more hobbies in my life. And that hobby slowly turned into passion and I sought out acting classes and I found Michael Sassente who taught me everything about the Meisner technique. And then I found my agent, Graham Dunster at Auckland Actors. And uh, yeah, one thing led to another and I just started booking jobs. Well, there's our interview done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was the elevator pitch. You're in LA. You've got to have oh, an elevator yeah, yeah. pitch you need, you need it down. You need it down. You know, I've been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, um, I read actually that it was Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker um, right. that really sparked something for you. And, yeah. and what was it about that that said, wait a minute, this is, you know, this is something I'd really love oh, gosh. to I have must a have... go at? You know, I must have been like 14 at the oh, time. Oh, sorry. Like when I when I watched um, uh, The Dark Knight. And I, I love Batman. Just growing up, I watched all the Batman cartoons and stuff. So when that movie came out, I'm like, okay, I have to see this, my friends. But yeah, Heath Ledger, when, when I, you know, I know him from other movies. But I when I saw him as the Joker, I'm like, that's Heath? Really? Someone, you, you know, he, he doesn't look like him at all, doesn't feel like him. I'm like, it, was just, it just really blew my mind that someone can do that transform themselves into something completely they're not um so yeah i think i think that might have planted a seed as well that's for sure it's a big call though um as you say going through uni there's all the you know the costs attached to getting that degree done and essentially (laughs) you dropped out and 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 went for this you know you weren't dabbling you went for it oh yeah my mum was thrilled (laughs) (laughs) did it take much convincing i mean um you know you know, the it was um, I was in a bit of a crossroads because I was in my second to last semester, you know, of, of my degree. But at the same time, I was offered this HBO Asia job, you know, in Singapore. So it was either follow this career path and I've been given this opportunity or finish my degree and be unsure of when that opportunity will come next. You know, and I just kind of took a leap of faith and was like, you know what? The opportunity's here. I, I have to take it. What was the first job? The first job, <laughs> um, it was actually a horror film called Ghost Bride with our uh, <laughs> c- 
Coke plastic, di- you, you know, horror, horror director David Blythe. Yeah, uh, had a great time working on it. Um, yeah, it was it was really fun and opened my eyes up to the industry, and I just kind of started from there. And that versatility, that openness, actually, because you've done goodness knows how many genre, uh, <laughs> has undoubtedly served you well. Um, you mentioned. Um, and I'll get you to explain a little bit more this Meister technique. You, you got very mm. deeply into the craft. Um, and what? just explain a little bit more, first of all, about meeting um, Michael and, and then how that sort of took you on a particular technical journey, if you like, an apprenticeship, if you like. Yeah, you know, it's a class of, um, you know, when Michael did his classes, and I think he, was, he still does one on two now, um, but when he, when he did his classes, it was a class of 20 to 30 people. Um, so everyone got pretty tight and, and, you know, bonded over the course of two years because the whole course is two years. Um, and it's really about acting isn't really pretending, you know, when I first started, I was like, oh yeah, you just have to pretend to be someone, but it's really about finding the honesty and the truth of who you are and bring that truth out that version of you in that moment and an imaginary circumstance. That's really the Meisner technique. It's going from moment to moment um, and being truthful in an imaginary circumstance. Um, and, and Michael, you know, he didn't just teach me to act. It's He taught me about being present in life as well. And that's, you know, that's one thing that I find that's kind of priceless from my journey so far. So in the, the Meissner technique, um, Sanford Meissner, I think, uh, the initiator of yes, this, yeah. you're not going deep into yourself necessarily um, as the character. Is it more about a response to others? Could you perhaps give me an example in a scene of how you might, of how this might be evident? Yeah, you know, one of the main techniques that we learn when we first start the Meissner technique is repetition. And... It's rather than having um, a, a presumptive uh, point of view of what you're going to say uh, before the other person says it, it's really about listening and listening and reacting the moment from moment to moment. Um, and just it just kind of goes from there. So you just don't know how the scene's going to play out. You might have a show, a theater play. And you might do it a hundred times, but if you're doing it properly, every night should be different. Different, yeah. And what did you say earlier about um, the kind of the living in the moment thing? It's, it's it, or, or how it sounds like this experience of learning this te- technique really deep, deeply impacted you. Um, or, or you said it, it's it's not about um, pretending. Acting's not about pretending. So so what was the impact on you at your stage of development? of learning this technique and, and of, um, it sounds like it was two way. It wasn't just about becoming a good actor. Yeah. You know, I, I certainly was not a good actor when I first started. <laughs> um, hence, you know, reaching out to Mike and learning the technique from him and learning how to act. But it's, it's at the time when I approached him and when I studied with him, I was around 20 and, you know, so, and I had a lot of walls, you know, built, just by being a young, you know, young adult, you know, from built from high school, built from my life, my childhood. And to find the true essence of who I was, I had to break down these walls. And that, and that class really helped me do that. Um, and I think if you had any walls up, you know, when I say walls, I mean, it's just the characters, you know, these personalities were put on to be nice and pleasant 
you know, day-to-day life. But in acting, you, you, you can't. You yeah. have to be truthful and honest and you know, take everything to heart and react and respond how you truly feel. We wouldn't necessarily do that in real life. You know what I mean? That's why uh, we love fiction, right? That's why right. we love books and love theatre and, right, and love because, the movies. Because it's a, it's a safe space to mm. explore those emotions. So for you, I'm just thinking, you know, born in China and I think before coming to Auckland at, at, a, mm. young, at a young age, actually at another really influential age, eight, isn't right. it? Because you really are beginning to notice the world around you by that stage and certainly um, build relationships and friendships. Yes, yes. And I think you had some time in Australia as well before that. So yes. there was a lot of moving around um, and settling in. Yeah? yeah, and is that kind of what you're alluding to? Uh, yeah, you know, um, growing up in China and living in Australia and then ultimately New Zealand, it, yeah, my, my childhood was really filled with a lot of different cultural experiences. Um, is that putting it politely? <laughs> well, well, I mean, the China, I mean, any anyone that's familiar with the Asian culture mm. uh, certainly certainly knows that there's a bit of. Um, communication boundaries sometimes and it's just a cultural thing yeah um and and coming to new zealand and culturally new zealand's cult, uh, communication culture is different to americans as well um we're quite you know conservative in some ways compared to la and so different places have different cultures um and you know different personalities and, and yeah what i was alluding to is uh, with the meisner technique is that um, I feel like the Asian culture kind of built this politeness around me uh, that didn't fully reflect how I truly felt in every moment. You know what I mean? Because, hmm. um, you know, you have to respect your elders and whatnot, those those kind of uh, traditional values, which I value. But when it comes to acting, I have to drop all that to be truthful. You know, if I feel angry, I can't just boil it. I can't just, you know, boil it down, and not show it. I have to show it. Otherwise, I'm not being truthful. Let's look at um, some of the, uh, as we said, the genres across everything. Mystery, <laughs> um, action, thrillers, comedy. Uh, let, well, let's, let's, let's add rom-com to that now. Tell me about oh, yeah, Five yeah. Blind Dates, the latest, and the role of Richard. Oh, Five Blind Dates. So I play the ex-best friend um, to Leo Ling, played by Shuang Hu. Uh, the movie's about this young independent woman who's in pursuit of a career of starting this traditional tea shop to fulfill her grandmother's dream of running a tea shop. But her business isn't doing well because she's approaching in a very traditional way in a very modern society. Um, and her family really wants her to, you know, just set, find a husband and settle down kind of thing. A very, again, also a very traditional point of view. Um, but they, you know, in the family gathering, they set her up with a fortune teller, which then tells her, it's like, hey, your f- business is going to fail unless you find... Uh, your soulmate. But lucky for you, your soulmate's going to be one of the next five dates. So everyone in her life uh, finds someone for her and sets her up on this, you know, these five dates. Well, we can't spoiler alert, can we? Um, <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going for Richard. I'm backing Richard. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, and then Plane, of course, again, this is the action thriller, sitting alongside Jared Butler. And um, I know we're jumping around a bit in, in terms of where you were at various stages of your career. But this is pretty serious stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> what was your experience of making that movie? Oh man, um, I mean, look, like growing up, and I've told I've told Jerry this too. Uh, growing up, I one of my favorite movies was Phantom of the Opera because I went through a pretty heavy musical phase back in high school, 
And I just watched that movie over and over. And of course, 300 came along. And that was like every kid's childhood dream to be like Leonidas and one of the Spartans. Um, so it was a bit of a, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a wild trip sitting next to him in a cockpit. And it's just the two of us when we're filming for two weeks straight, um, especially in the scenes where we're met with turbulence, two co-pilots together. Yeah, I had to, I had to pinch myself. I'm sitting next to Phantom and Leonidas. <laughs> the whole ride yeah. it was while cool, our plane man. falls apart um, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm like I'm going to say fans you see that's, that, that's interesting just the two actors there because that is another particular challenge for the actor as well it's not like there's lots of um, you know um, th- th- there's lots of sort of distraction or interactions that's a very intense focus on your reactions to a certain situation was it challenging in that yeah, respect you, you know especially because all you're looking out at is green you're, you're just you're, green, all you see green. is green. It's just yeah. it's just green, yeah. and and you know, thankfully they built this actual cockpit rig of this old plane um, to be on these motorized, um, yeah, to be on these like motorized. I don't know how you say it, but um, these different sticks yeah. you could say. Yeah. So when the plane was, you know, diving down like <laughs> a deep nose dive into the ocean, we would actually face you know down onto the ground and we were being pulled by gravity you were motorized they were able to make it real for you yeah Yeah, absolutely and i think that really helped with the experience it was almost like being in a theme park for two weeks every day it's so functional to making movies we we see the end product but there's a lot of sitting around there's lots of mucking around and this ability (laughs) to be able to come in and out of focus um, is a real discipline yeah and i imagine particularly so in something as complex as this constructively complex yeah, you know, that, that little cockpit they built really helped with the acting because it was really just reacting to what was happening physically. You were the leading man in um, Mulan, and if someone hasn't seen the live-action version, it's very different from the animated movie that preceded it, right? The script itself, the story is uh, is different to the animated. Could you explain yeah. more? Um, well, Mulan, Mulan, it... it Originally, it was it's a you know a poem that dates back thousands of years old, um, and the animated film was one of my favorite films. You know, when I was a kid to watch, and what they did with the live action is that they wanted to do something unique and original, yet still keep the essence of the spirit of that animated film, which everyone loves. So we went back to the poem and just redid everything for the ground up for our, you know to modernize it for our audience today. Um, and, and yeah, that was, that was really the take of it. And I think they did an excellent job with the screenplay. It was Nikki Caro, I think you worked on this one. Yes. Right? Yes. And what was the experience of making the film? Um, and, uh, you know, for example, I think there's an all Chinese cast yeah. and, uh, which shouldn't be a surprise, but actually in terms of Disney or Hollywood's, um, history anyway, it, it was, the, is that fairly unusual? Yeah, I'd say I'd say so. You know, until recent years, that it wasn't really a thing to have an all Asian, let alone all Chinese, you know, cast. And it was, you know, it wasn't until Crazy Rich Asians really pushed the really pushed the wave forward, and then Mulan came about. And I don't know. There's just a sense of familiarity, you could say, when every single one of your other cast members have the same cultural background as you. And immediately you just resonate on food, <laughs> the kind of food you like to eat. And we all would just go out and grab, like, you know, dinner every night. Because <laughs> um, it just brought back a sense of familiarity with our upbringings, right? 
Um, but no, that that film was that film was really really special, and I think you know Nikki did such a brilliant, beautiful job. How important was it to head overseas to get opportunities to really progress? And obviously, there's a starting point. There's just a, a question of scale, right? Uh, but were there, you know, in terms of scope, was it important to go? Um, you know. That was moving to LA was one of those moments in my life again that it just wasn't part of the plan um, because the reason I moved to LA, you know, one of the main reasons um, aside from having friends there, uh, was because when I did the film Plane, it was during COVID lockdown and we had that quarantine protocol in place, and I wasn't able to get a uh, to book a room. Uh, on, oh, managed on, on isolation. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> right. So I was like, well, I can't go home. So I guess I'll just go to L.A. and see what happens. Um, and it's been great. You know, met so many cool people. And I just love the creative energy of that city. Um, not to say we don't have creative people here. We have very, very creative people in New Zealand. But everyone in L.A., that it's it's a very competitive city. So everyone is just pushing themselves pushing themselves pushing themselves to create the best work they can and that in a way pushes me to want to create my own work so was well. there an element of accident or serendipity to this in a way i think so mm. i think so i think the universe just kind of guided me that way have you seen change even in your still young lifetime have i seen what sorry have you seen change even in your lifetime of opportunities for actors of asian heritage, say to play lead roles or indeed all roles in productions uh, such as Mulan, has some oh. of the typecasting and stereotyping that that I can tell you creatives before you have been totally upfront about. Yeah, has some not, of it begun to ease? Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. I definitely feel like Hollywood is becoming more and more diverse and um, I feel like I'm very fortunate in coming into this industry um, at a time where that door is already opening and I'm not, I'm, you know, I didn't have to fight it like a lot of um, the more veteran actors that's been in this game longer than I have. And the stories I hear, it's just like there's so many Asian actors, but there's so many, like, like very few roles for them to play. And the roles that are that were offered back then, um, yeah, as you say, were quite stereotyped. Um, it didn't have much depth to them. So I feel very fortunate that I'm seeing this change of landscape at the moment. It has been a challenging time from a production perspective to the pandemic that you alluded right. to, which uh, upset everything so much, delayed productions by years, impacted the ability of people to go and see them in theatres, right. um, which I think was it was the case in, with, with Mulan. Um, and now you've had the actor strike, uh, sorry, the uh, writer's <laughs> strike as well. So, it, feel, you know, it, it felt like a second COVID to me, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so how does one cope with the highs and lows of the industry itself, let alone the big kind of on-off challenges like that? How do you, how do you look after you in a, you in know, a really developing, uh, sorry, a really demanding um, world? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, you know, just as a creative, I just had to stay creative. So I you know, I really dove into my writing in 2023 and I wrote a pilot uh, feature and I'm developing my second feature and I hope to get them made one day. Um, that that really kept me sane and just, you know, I went out on a farm 
my girlfriend's farm in Colorado and got to be with the land, be with the animals. That was really grounding as well. And it's, you know, coming back home now with my family and it's just been, yeah, it's just been really nice. It's, I actually enjoyed, <laughs> I actually enjoyed 2023 in some aspects. Because the pace was off a little bit for a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what wasn't what wasn't so great was the work situation because mm. there was no projects going around. But it, you know, but I came back to just being on the land and just like you know reevaluating things. What's important to me? What I want to do? And a bit of time to reflect. What uh, gives a little taste of the nature of the writing so far? Nature of the writing mm. so far, um, you know. I'm still it's still a process that I'm learning, right? But I feel like what where I really draw inspirations from some of my writer heroes, for example, Neil Druckmann, uh who wrote and created The Last of Us. I really resonate with his philosophy of a simple story but complex characters. Regardless of mm. theme genre, and the story just simple story, we can all understand it, but the characters needs to be complex for there to be conflict drama and for us to you know see what the backstories are to empathize and sympathize with their situation and i feel like i've, I've started taking on that approach and and yeah i'm just you so know, in some... the feature that you've written just tease us a little bit more is there a protagonist is there a setting that could give us an idea of what you've been up to yeah you know i i don't know what it is maybe i had some sort of like past life experience in the 1800s but i've seen i seem to do a lot of projects around the era and go go rush mining era and in my project, again, set in the 1800s, the protagonists, there are two pr- protagonists, actually. The first one is uh, the father character who has come to this new land to mine gold in the hopes of sending ma- money back home to the really, really poor family to support them. Um, but along the way, he saves this Irish prostitute and they end up falling in love. But, of course, there's a lot of <laughs> bad guys that get in the way and we fast forward in time we then notice the mother's no longer around and the protagonist then switches to the daughter, uh, which we see. And the daughter's struggle is not having a sense of identity of who she is because the father is so protective of her um, because he knows what the world is like around him in this new world. So he does what he thinks is best is to almost conceal her identity that she should be a boy and not a girl until she then finds, uh, meet new friends in this story um, where she starts to discover herself and her journey um, and she kind of breaks out of that mold. Huh. I'm hooked. There's a little bit of Mulan in there. There's a little, a little bit of, a little it's a, bit. It's a little bit of Mulan, a little <laughs> yeah. bit of Blue Eye Samurai. Yeah. Um, you, you, yeah. Um, what was the production you did in Australia? I'm trying to remember. I'm sorry. Way back. Uh, oh, oh yes, yes. New Gold, New Gold Mountain. That's right. Yeah. Yes, yes. That was a really, really fun project. Just as an aside to finish, because you don't have a busy enough life, I think you're a black belt and involved <laughs> in about four other martial arts as well. <laughs> is that oh, boy. A, yeah, yeah. Is that a passion or is it another really helpful way I, of you know, navigating? You know, that was just something I did as a kid. My my parents just threw me in these classes and I ended up going all the way and I did it for 10 years and I ended up getting a black belt and whatnot. But really, I haven't practiced uh, that much of that in a very long time. The only type, type of martial arts I do um, are the ones you see on screen. And I get to train with some really, really exquisite martial artists and, and stunt performers. Um, and those guys that are real badass. And I, <laughs> I leave all the difficult flips and everything to them. Thank you. 
Yosin and in the latest is Five Blind Dates, uh, featuring the Kiwi-born actor. It's on Prime Video from today.